Well, reason for the call today, John, is... Welcome to Internal Use Only. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. If you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea with you. Got a minute? A podcast for wholesalers. Always be closing. Always be closing. By wholesalers. Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. Okay, before we get started, I have one question. Has anyone here passed a Series 7 exam? I have a Series 7 license. Good for you. You can get out. Let's cut to the chase. Here's your host, Dan Sullivan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Internal Use Only Podcast. We have about 15 days left in the month of December, which means there's even fewer business days, probably even less if people are taking time off or vacation. That means we only have a short window of time to close out any sales, juice our numbers for 2022 before the clock strikes midnight and we wake up on January 1st seeing 0% to goal. But before that sales clock strikes midnight, I thought I'd bring us a different kind of episode today where we're going to look at a recently published research and survey findings that really highlights the state of relationships between advisors and wholesalers. The research paper is officially titled, What Do Advisors Look For in Their Wholesalers? And it was organized and published by our friends over at YCharts. I know we have a bunch of listeners that use YCharts today through either individual access or through their firms. If you are not familiar with YCharts, they were founded in 2009, and their whole goal is to democratize investment research. They have a handful of tools that are going to allow you to have a better engagement with your advisors in one-on-one conversations, whether that's providing them charts, scenario analysis, portfolio summaries, stock holdings. Take a look at what they have. I had used them when I was a wholesaler. Actually, I trialed them as a wholesaler. That's a story for a separate podcast, but I know what they're doing is very effective Wholesalers love to use them, and that's why we're going to highlight YCharts today and their report. If you would like to get a free trial started, go to YCharts.com for your free seven-day trial. And if you'd like to download the research report that I'm going to highlight today, you can do so directly from the link in our bio. As a full disclaimer, I am not being paid by YCharts. YCharts, not a sponsor, could be. Not a sponsor, but could be. So I'm not here to just promote YCharts. I'm here to talk about what they've published, how it impacts wholesalers, and some of my own personal takeaways. And that's what I hope will be interesting and entertaining to you. So if you've liked what we chatted about today or have any follow-up questions or want to discuss this further, reach out to me directly via email, internalusonlypodcast at gmail.com. That's internalusonlypodcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, we'll break down the article What do advisors look for in their wholesalers? Real quick, just setting the ground rules here. So this research findings in this white paper was a result of over 100 advisors and about 70 wholesalers, give or take, contributing to different surveys and different opinions about the dynamics between wholesalers and advisors. The executive summary has three findings that I'm going to highlight here. So I'm going to, here's how we'll structure this. I'm going to go through each of those key findings, basically just from the executive summary standpoint, 
And then we'll break down some additional surveys that have more data points to explain each of these key findings. So the first key finding is that over 65% of advisors choose to meet with between one and five wholesalers each year. The second one, which is absolutely no shock if you've been a wholesaler in the last 10 years, is that advisors want wholesalers to be consultants and partners in helping out their clients, not salespeople or product vendors. And the last one, which is the most alarming to anyone that might read this paper, is that only one in five advisors agree that wholesalers play a significant role in their success. So these three key findings give us a lot to debrief and unpack, and we're going to go through that now. So some of these stats and everything, again, make sure you're reading this survey because obviously it's easier to visualize and see within charts. So I'm going to try to avoid just doing like a stat dump here or vomiting out statistics or results. But if you do have the chart available and you want to look through it later, I would certainly do that so you can actually visualize what we're chatting about. But I'm going to go through each of these now in more detail and highlight the findings from the various surveys that led to the key findings. The first key finding, over 65% of the advisors surveyed meet with just one to five trusted wholesalers each year. This is a very, very interesting trend, I think. If you're a longtime listener and you can recall the conversation I had with financial advisor Christina Zins, part of a team out with LPL in California, she mentioned that they consciously limit the time they spend with wholesalers for a handful of reasons. One, they don't spend all of their time dedicated to investment research or to fund selection. Second, it's not efficient for them to just sit through the same run-of-the-mill meetings, and we'll go through some more of this in detail but there's also a survey that's a part of this, or sorry, results that are part of this white paper, which document and detail what advisors expect or what they would like to cover in their meetings. So there's certainly some unique insights that we could take away from this. Um, and I'm not going to w- run through those all fully, but more so, I think the perspective and takeaway for me is that if I'm a wholesaler and I'm counting down 2022, I want to use this information to confirm with my top clients or even potentially top prospects, that we are capable and qualified and are valued as one of those top five wholesalers that we'll get to spend time with together over the next year. I would want to make sure that if I haven't heard back from somebody, or maybe it's been someone who we use the term, let's say like fallen angel in the sales run. They've had big production in years past, but maybe not this year. Have we gotten edged out of that short list of relationships that this wholesaler, uh, that excuse me, that this advisor is focusing on. A lot of unique ways that I think the sales teams, sales management might be able to really use this information to have an honest, upfront, and healthy conversation with both clients and prospects. The second key finding I think is going to be no surprise to anybody, but it's that advisors want wholesalers to be consultants and partners in helping their clients, not a salesperson or a product vendor. When I first read this, I almost like laughed to myself because if you think about, especially the large fun shops out there, the internal sales role has almost been like unanimously rebranded to some type of like investment consultant or some kind of like regional advisory partner or regional development consultant, which is just a way of window dressing the fact that like, hey, I'm a salesperson but I'm really trying to be viewed as a consultant so that I'm not perceived as like a sleazy car salesperson 
out there slinging mutual funds and just trying to get commission tickets. That is definitely something that's evolving and changing. And all of the firms and salespeople out there are definitely like feeling the pressure to be perceived more as an objective consultant as opposed to a singular product pusher. And to the industry's credit, there are multiple tools out there, much like Charts. obviously the team that put this research together, that I think are helping uh, and empowering wholesalers to be those independent consultants. Um, but the, the guys, the men and women that are out there selling wholesaling, the sharpest ones can really have a, like a holistic view and understand, okay, well, if you allocate this much to this specific asset class or strategy, where do we, where do we pull it from? Or how does this macro environment impact all these various holdings? So that is becoming more and more important. Now, more back to the actual research and survey findings. If we assume that advisors want our role to be more consultants and partners, it'll be ever more important to understand what advisors actually want the role of a wholesaler to be. And that's something that this research report and the survey findings broke down in a great way. So there were over uh, 100 advisors that answered this. And then there were over or just about 70 wholesalers. Across the board, both parties largely agreed on where and how wholesalers contribute to advisors' goals and successes and, and good relationships. And those three were education on investment products, delivering insights on market and industry trends, and providing quality client support. So I don't think that anybody here would be surprised. The actual figures of that looks like for educating advisors on investment products. So that was like basically 76% of advisors surveyed were like, yeah, we want wholesalers to be doing that. And then wholesalers also agree with that. Like that is definitely, if <laughs> what else are we doing if not educating people on investment products and our strategies and where they all fit, right? Like that is the, makes the most sense out of any stat I think I've ever seen in an industry report like this. Um, delivering insights on market and industry trends. I think th this one, I, I feel like, all wholesalers out there can agree. Uh, providing like the outlook, whether it's for uh, a general asset class, just like US equities, or even more niche one, like let's say bank loans, for example, financial advisors aren't out there every day, like looking to spend their time on economic outlooks. So I think firms that produce high quality reports, I know there's certainly some great ones out there that are made available. Funneling that information over to advisors, I do think is a way that will continue to differentiate teams. It'll allow for us to be somewhat you know, relevant to these advisors, regardless of, let's say, a direct product sale. Um, so it's good to see. Keep those insights and those market outlook or industry outlook trends. Um, keep those coming and wholesalers continue to get those to your advisors and let that be accessible. The third one is the quality client support. So I think that this one is interesting from one of two ways. Like I, I always wonder, like what? How are we defining client support? So if there's anything that's maybe missing from this article, or from this specific research report, is like understanding, like how would how would we define quality support? Because what do we typically? What is client support typically? Um, it's answering questions quickly and easily when an advisor's client complains or is freaking out about the performance of a ETF, mutual fund, SMA, like whatever, right? Like that's one. When an advisor's like, got a meeting in five minutes, I need this, this, and this. That is supporting the advisor and their individual clients. 
There's also supporting the advisor and them running events or annual client support meetings, right? Like, or dinners, all that kind of stuff. That's more of like actual entertainment as opposed to advisors, client support. Um, so definitely interesting. Uh, definitely interesting. Now the, the last one that I'm going to highlight, which is actually where the biggest deviation was between what advisors answered and what wholesalers answered is the degree to which wholesalers believe that they're supporting an advisor or their firm's own growth. So in the survey results, wholesalers, 66% of them responded that that's like a role that they should be playing. And only 40% of advisors do that. So there was almost like a 26% difference in what wholesalers perceive to be important and what advisors are indicating as important, which uh, I think is interesting because assuming that wholesalers are viewed primarily as those that are going to be gatekeepers or relevant when there's an investment mandate, we have to ask ourselves honestly, what percentage of an advisor's growth attributed just directly to the actual investment product itself? Maybe this is my own personal opinion, and I don't have the quantitative stats to back this up, just years of conversations and meetings, but let's be honest. How many financial advisors today are bringing in prospective clients and are pointing at a fact sheet or a portfolio and saying, holy shit, you need to get into this large cap mutual fund, and only by working with me as your advisor can you get access to that? I really don't think that that is happening anymore. Advisors are gaining new business and increasing assets for holistic wealth planning, uh, goals-based financial planning. Because they're no longer out there just like pushing stocks or individual investments for commissions, because they're more financial planning-based or even fee-based, it's diminishing the dependence and importance of an allocation to this investment manager versus that investment manager for any given asset class or any given investment option. So what stands out to me is that when investment manager firms or asset management firms think that they're helping out with an advisor's firm growth, it might be more limited. And that's without even saying how frustrating it might be for a wholesaler who's going to be restricted to what they really can offer because as we've already outlined the resources of their firm, the invest, the asset manager, are going to be market outlook, market commentary. Like wholesalers are incentivized and their action is driven around raising new money into funds that they have to sell. So any activity or work or partnership with an advisor that doesn't do that, unless it has the guarantee or promise of money coming to their funds on the back end, they might not be relevant or helpful to the advisor or let's say RAA, whoever, as they grow their business. And let's move on to our last and final one. If you remember, this is the most alarming one. So let's, uh, let's all do ourselves a favor. We're going to stop for a second. We're going we're gonna to take a deep breath. We're going to get rid of all of our existential dread as wholesalers. And we're going to ignore what the stats are saying because what the stats are saying kind of suck. One in five advisors agree that wholesalers play a significant role in their success, which means that 80% do not think that wholesalers play a critical role in their success. 
And if we go into the findings in a little bit more detail, for those following along at home, it's going to be the fifth page. Do wholesalers play an important role in the financial advisor's success? 115 of them answered, and over 50% of them do not think that wholesalers play an important role in their success. Whatever reason as well, one in four advisors think that relationships with their wholesalers have actually weakened since 2020. There's a brief quote there as well that basically mentions that an individual, an advisor from a broker-dealer replied to the survey, mentioned that relationships are weakened during the pandemic. Surprisingly, he would have thought that they would have increased, giving uh, you know less meeting requirements, could have been more touch points. But again, listen... These are all surveys. There could be biases. Anyone that submits surveys, maybe they're more vocal. Uh, this, maybe this is more of a vocal minority. But I don't think that it is going to be helpful for us to ignore what is important and what is not important in these relationships, right? Like, I, I, obviously, this entire research paper helps us to bridge that gap in this relationship and will outline and help us out like with what matters and with what doesn't. But I can't help but wonder... When the point in the industry is going to hit where sales managers and sales teams take an honest reflection about what they're doing and how it's going to impact their perception and relationships with advisors, I'm thinking about internal wholesalers ruthlessly pounding the phone 60 to something, 70 dials a day into advisors that are no longer answering the phone that no longer care about having a fact sheet or fun pitch to them over the phone. At what point do we have less bashful automated emails, sorry, automated emails that go out whenever an investment firm thinks it needs to go out? I think we're kind of on this precipice of really like reevaluating what the relationship will be and probably the compensation structure. We're having another episode on that soon, more to come. But uh, this is definitely something to think about, asking ourselves, why? Why do we think that this relationship is not important? And then how we can make a relationship be important. So super interesting stats. I don't mean to be the doom and gloom guy. I say some of this, I say what I say a lot of times in jest, because sometimes it's easier to laugh about things than to stomach the reality or the sobering reality when you see information like this. Um... But I think that, of course, good wholesalers, good asset management firms have strong, compelling relationships out there with advisors, and they're doing things phenomenally well, absolutely phenomenally well. I don't think that this information is fully reflective. Obviously, it's a tremendously small sample size, but it is a sample size nonetheless. And we have to be prepared to realize that like, hey, what if someone doesn't care about what I'm offering as a wholesaler? And how do I then need to reposition myself formally or informally, whether I'm doing my own personal branding, if I'm engaging with them in different mediums or formats or styles, if I'm providing a different kind of relationship experience than maybe what all other asset managers out there are providing. Um, So this is really, really interesting. And again, I've probably said this is really interesting like 5,000 times in this podcast. So forgive me for the repetitiveness. But bring this up with your teams, bring this up internally and ask yourselves, how do we make sure that this is never something that we are viewed as, as I'm working with anybody that I'm prospecting or that is a client of mine and maybe share it with your advisors too. Like, do you agree with this, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor? 
115 people surveyed this. Like, do you think this is accurate of how you feel or how maybe the peers in your office feel? Your branch managers that dictate who is being impacted by a wholesaler? So something to think about. Also, very randomly, there is a firm out there that's very well known that uh, really deliberately has handcuffed what wholesalers can and can't do. So if we think about like money being spent, uh, individual gift limitations, entertainment opportunities being stripped away, I can't help but wonder if all of those factors and an ignorance from asset managers to adapt and change, where they're still relying on a pound the phones, meet in person, see the client, like the more that we like the, the the more we go without changing any of that, the more I feel like maybe some of these stats are starting to reveal themselves, which are just boiled up over time. And that breaks down our official review of the Y charts. What do advisors look for in their wholesalers survey findings? Again, you can get a seven day free trial of Y charts by going to ycharts.com. You can also download the white paper that we've chatted about today directly from the show notes. I appreciate you tuning in so far. I hope that this format worked well. I wouldn't be opposed to doing this for other industry articles. I would love to bring on guests to actually talk about it. That way, it's not just me spewing into a microphone, but I did want to bring this up. It's topical. It's relevant. I hope that if you haven't had access to the article, that you can get it today. And I hope that it was something that was informative and is going to be useful for conversation fodder. Like always, we try to keep things topical, relevant, fresh, without any bias. So I hope there was some honesty that you can maybe take away with you from this conversation. I am always open to talking further. Please reach out to internaluseonlypodcast at gmail.com. That is internaluseonlypodcast at gmail.com. More to come in the next few weeks. So if you are still with us up until now, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have an incredible holiday season. Look out for some really great updates, especially on our social channels as we look ahead to 2023. So thank you so much, everybody. Lovely to have you here again. We will be in touch soon. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram at internal use only podcast or email us at internal use only podcast at gmail.com.